Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Praise God. So listen, let me give you a definition of fishing so that we can move on into this particular message. Fishing is a form of fraud in which the attacker tries to learn information such as login credentials or account information by masquerading as a reputable entity. See, that word masquerading is important here. Uh, as a reputable entity or a person in email, IM, or other communication channels. Phishing emails look authentic. And let me just say that one more time. Phishing emails look authentic on the surface. But when you look closer at, is that God? Oh, I thought it was the Lord calling me. <laughs> Y'all better answer that call. I don't want to miss that one. So phishing emails look authentic on the surface, but when you look closer at the details, you will find discrepancies. See, I call this phishing Christians because sometimes Christians can masquerade like they're so close to God. And they can quote scripture and they can do the Christianese stuff. But when you begin to look beneath the surface, you will begin to see that they're actually a little shallow. See, this, this, is, why, this is what's killing the church. I call it faking. You come in the church and you have your little fake face on and, you know, you know you're hurting. You're dragging. You just left a blood trail. Getting out of your car, you're dragging. You've just been beat up all week long. And then you come into the church and somebody that's really, really concerned about you, they will ask, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Bless the Lord. <laughs> um, your face toe up. It doesn't look like you're fine. Oh, no, the Lord's got this. He's got me. I'm going to fake it till I make it. Well, you ain't going to make it. If you keep faking it, you're not going to make it. Amen? But can we just get real? No, I'm actually hurting. Can you pray for me? I can't get into the details of what I'm going through, but can you stand with me? Because I'm telling you, you can't tell everybody in the church's stuff. Can, can, I, can I just be real for a second? Everybody in the house of God hasn't quite been fully delivered. So you don't have to tell all your business because this is why I hear people say this because I don't tell people that I'm a pastor. And they say, well, I, I don't like telling church people my business. Well, don't tell them. You don't have to give me details to tell me that you need my prayers. Because if I start praying for you, God would give me the details. Hello, somebody. You don't have to know the details. Listen, I'm hurting. I just need you to pray for me right now. I can't get into all of that, but can you stand with me? Can you, would, you, would you vow with me to pray with me every day this week? And maybe we'll talk next Sunday. Come on, somebody. And guess what? You might develop a great relationship with that person because if that, let me tell you what God has done for me. I have prayed for somebody. And if you, see, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about your book that you sent me uh, to read, your, your uh, devotional. Because one of the things that I got out of it, because it's, it's amazing, it's going to be good. And I'm almost done with the foreword on it, too. And so it's amazing because if you vow to pray for someone and you do it for real, God will begin to, will begin to reveal to you what you need to be praying for. Now I'm, I'm, now, I'm not saying you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, bless them. No, I'm not talking about that little fake prayer. I'm talking about you intercede for the person. You call that person's name before the Lord. 
and you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare that Sharon will have what she needs. And you call out Sharon's name all day, all week long. God bless her. Every time you get a free moment, God bless her with favor. Bless her family. Bless her finances right now. I don't know what's going on, but you know what's going on in her life. God, I just, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just command that the devil take her hands off of her. If you do that for a solid week, God will reveal something to you. And Sharon will come back and say, you must have been praying for me. (laughs) Hello? Right? So that's why we got to stop masquerading in the church. If we're hurting, let somebody know you're hurting. See, one thing about your pastor, I do not have ESP. I got ESPN. I cannot read your minds. A lot of times people say, well, the church ought to know. How will the church know what you're going through? How in the world are we going to, who did you talk to? Did you call anybody? Did you tell anybody? But then they blame the church because the church hadn't called. The church don't even know you're hurting. And then you masquerade with your pain because now you're blaming the church for something the church didn't even know. I know people like that. So listen, we got to take off these masks, and we got to get real in the house of God. Somebody said, no more faking. And listen, stop saying I'm going to fake it till I make it. Just make it. All that fakery, that's what's got us in trouble It's all this fakery. Amen? I told you about a black inventor. You guys remember this guy? His name is Elijah McCoy. And one of the things about him, he was born in 1844. He was an inventor that invented uh, the lubricating regulator, and it revolutionized the railroad industry. As a matter of fact, his regulators were so good, you know when you do something good, you're always going to have imitators. So people began to imitate his regulators, but they were failing and they were faulty. So what would happen is people would come to the industry and they would have a regulator that looked like his regulator, but they would ask, is this the real McCoy? (laughs) Have you ever heard that statement? It came because of Elijah McCoy, a black inventor. How many of you knew that? Just a couple of people because you came to church last Sunday. Okay. All right. So... Amen. Praise God. I love it. I love it. So listen, listen, write this down. Write this down. Satan is a master at beguiling Christians into being his best imitation while pretending to be God's creative masterpiece. See, you can't be a masterpiece for God while you're a Satan imitation. And see, the creator, God, is the only creator. Satan cannot create anything because he was created. He was a created being, so he can't create. He can only imitate, and even his best imitation is still a counterfeit. So before you can say something or cause something or make something, you have to be the inventor of it. So in other words, since God created man and woman, you can't change man and woman because you wasn't the creator. So it would be just like Elijah McCoy or, or Ford or any other manufacturer who invented something. You can't say it, you invented it and going to change it because you weren't the creator of it. So in order for it to change, you got to go back to the creator. 
Now, culture will tell you otherwise. Culture will tell you, well, I can be who I want to be. It doesn't matter who God created me to be. You can change culturally, but you will never be able to change what God created in his original intent. Amen, somebody. Amen. All right. So, so listen, I, I'm not interested in being an imitation. I want to be the real thing. I want to be the real McCoy. I want to be the real pastor. I want to be the real man of God. I want to be the real husband. I want to be the real father. I want to be the real co-worker. I want to be the real friend. Come on, somebody. Because we get around all of this fakery and, and all of this stuff that people masquerade around. See, when you're on the mountaintop, you can gather a lot of friends or a lot of associates. But when you hit rock bottom, that's when you know who's in your corner. Huh? If you get real sick in your body, you will know who your real friends are because those are the ones, come hell or high water, they're always going to be there with you. See, a real friend, when you share your dreams and your visions with a real friend, a real friend will do whatever they can so that you can fulfill your vision. A real friend won't try to talk you out of something just because it's difficult. A real friend won't turn their backs on you just because things get hard. A real friend will stick and stay. Yeah. Somebody say, I'm a real friend. Yeah. See, we got to be real in the house of God, man. Can we be real? Yeah. Hello, that's why I preach real. I'm not, I'm not trying to get up here and give you some little old sermon that I've rehearsed. <laughs> no, this thing can take a turn at any moment, just like it did last Sunday. And when it takes a turn, I go, Holy Ghost, you can have it. Yeah. I get out of the way of the Holy Spirit because this is not my church. And you are not my people. You belong to him. I'm just a steward. It's not how much you have, it's how much you can handle. If you can't handle $20, stop begging for $20,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one right there. I know it, I know it. I got two hand claps, but that's all right. That's okay. We're going to keep on going. Can we keep going? I'm going to keep going anyway. So here we go. Satan's weapon of mass destruction is called deception. And he uses it to convince people that they can cover up their sins with natural camouflage. Oh, boy. Okay. So we got into this, and this is what messed us up last Sunday. So I'm going to see if I can get through this so I can get to the rest of the message. Amen? And so we started off talking about King Jeroboam. King Jeroboam told his wife to disguise herself and go to the church. So she went all through the city with a disguise on. Nobody recognized who she was. But the moment she walked into the church, the man of God turned around and said, Hello, Jeroboam's wife. Why? Because you can hide from people, but you can never hide from God, right? And then we talked a little bit about Adam and Mrs. Adam. I call her Mrs. Adam because that was her name before the fall. Adam named her after the fall. Before the fall, she had a name. Her name was Adam. Just go read uh, Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. You'll see that. I don't have time to go back, but this is good Bible study right here. They were called Mr. and Mrs. Adam because they were one, Right? Adam named her Eve after the fall. So I'm talking about before the fall, it was Mr. and Mrs. Adam. Come on, somebody. So when God came down and said, Adam, where are you? Who was he talking to? Both of them. Anyhow, I'll give you that one for free. So listen, so Adam and Mrs. Adam, what did they do? They covered up with what? It was a natural camouflage to try to cover up sin. You cannot do it. Hello, somebody. But then we talked about Jacob. Jacob put on goat skin uh -huh. 
Come on, somebody. He put on goat skin and he pretended to be his brother Esau so that he can steal a blessing from the father. Listen, saints of God, you don't ever have to pretend in the house of God to get a blessing from God. You don't have to pretend like you got an anointing. You don't have to pretend like you've been in prayer for five hours, 23 minutes. You don't have to pretend that you're, that you're tithing. You don't have to pretend that you're fasting. God wants you just like you are. You need to come to God as you are so God can transform who you are. You don't have to pretend to steal a blessing from our Father. You don't have to look like somebody else, act like somebody else, preach like somebody else. Your ministry don't have to look like somebody else's. This church don't have to look like somebody else's. I'm not preaching like anybody else but myself. I'm the best original because I'm a masterpiece. Somebody shout, I'm a masterpiece. And see, when you are a designer's original, can't nobody add to you. You are God's designer's original. Can't nobody change what God has created, especially when you're good. From your Genesis to your Revelation, you bad. Amen. You need to know that. You need to know how powerful you are in the church. And I think we spend too much time saying that all the power is up here. But no, no, no. All the power is out there in the pews because you got people sitting on their hands and not doing the things that God has called them to do. But I came to empower you that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. If you just step off of the boat of complacency, you can step out into the deep waters. Talk to me, somebody. As long as you sit on a boat of complacency with all the dead beats, then you're not going to do what God has called you to do. You cannot be a water walker being comfortable. Water walker. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we talked about King Saul. King Saul was one of those men who was faking it until he tried to make it. And King Saul, he was trying to please the people before he pleased God. So King Saul, when God stripped the whole kingdom from him, he disguised himself and went to get some consultation from the witch at Endor. And any time you got to go to a witch to get something from God, you just lost the anointing of God. You are completely lost. Anytime you got to go to a palm reader to try to see what God is saying to you in your life, you're going to a witch because that's what they are. They are witches. And they can't tell you your future. They only tell you your past because they tap it into the wrong source. See, God is the only one that's omnipotent. He's the only one that's all powerful. He's the only one that's omnipresent. He's at one place at one time. He's in your past, present, and in your future all at the same time. He can tell you when you was born, and he can tell you when you take your last breath. The devil can only tell you your past. They're not telling you your future. They're witches. Come on, somebody. You don't need to go to these people. You want to know where your life is going? Read the Bible. Go pray. And then somebody read your hand. Come here. Come here. Let me read your hand. No, let me lay hands. No, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Let me lay hands because I want to get that demon out of you. Right? Well, well, he, oh, they told me everything that Mama did because that demon has been with Mama all her life. Maybe they do know Mama. Don't, and listen, don't get it twisted because they bring in some psychic to the police department and they find out where the missing people were. Well, they should know because the demon is the one that got the missing child. I ain't impressed. I'll be impressed if you give you a prophecy and say, you know what, next week about this time. Come on, somebody. Hello? Now, that's God. But please, don't, don't get it twisted. These people are not anointed. Don't get it. Don't don't get confused. No, no, don't become telling me and reading my fortune. You know, I know my fortune because it's right here. 
No, I already know what it is. I, I can read it. Let me tell you what it says. It says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's my fortune. Come on, somebody. Is that your fortune? Oh, the Bible. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It said I can go in and find green pastures. That's my fortune right there. Oh, let me get, let me get another. I said, oh, ooh, look at that. No weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment shall be condemned. That's my fortune. Oh, let me get another. Oh, ooh, no word from God is born of power, but it shall accomplish exactly what he sent it to do. Come on, somebody. Oh, here's another. All things work to good for those that love the Lord and are the call according to his purposes. That's my fortune. Oh, let me, let me give you another. Ooh. Oh, my God. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Did you read my fortune? I know my fortune. Let me lay hands on you and rebuke that devil out of you. And then, then, then we talked about Tamar. This is where y'all got me cussing last time. And so we talked about Tamar. <laughs> we talked about Tamar. Y'all remember Tamar. Judah uh, promised his youngest son to Tamar, and he didn't give her to her. So Tamar is nothing like a woman scorned. A woman's going, Tamar was scorned. So Tamar said, I'm going to get this rascal back. Well, rascal was probably not in the Bible, but, 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 but I, we're going to put it in there today. Rascal. Somebody say rascal. Uh, that's an Alabama term. So, so she said, I'm going to get him back. So she dressed up. She disguised herself. Come on. She disguised herself as a harlot. Y'all know what a harlot is? <laughs> when we get to church and we start talking about harlots, and people go, what is pastor getting ready to say? Y'all know what a harlot is. Come on, somebody. And so she was a harlot. And so Judah, Judah's wife had passed. And so Judah was vulnerable. You're vulnerable when somebody that's been in your life leaves. That's when you're real vulnerable. It doesn't matter if it's a death or a relationship. When it ends, you are vulnerable. And the devil knows it. So Miss Tamar, she dressed up. And Judah said, yeah, I'm good to go. And she said, okay, you can have me, but listen, it's going to be a cost. Judah said, I don't have any money. She said, well, what do you have? He said, all I have is my staff. So she said, well, I'll take that. Praise God. Eight months later, y'all know what happened. She was with child, right? Because it ain't no such thing as being a little pregnant. You either are or you aren't. Eight months later, she couldn't hide it. So they was about to stone her. Judah was the main culprit and said, oh, no, no, no. We're going to stone you to death. Who got you pregnant? And Tamar said, it's the owner of this staff. And Judah looked at the staff and said, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I meant to say last Sunday. (laughs) But I said something else, so (laughs) praise God. So so, So check it out. Judah was the father. Right? So the Bible says, be careful how you stand. See, you, he was pouring fingers at her for fornicating, and he was fornicating. Listen, when you're in the church, don't point fingers. You ain't that holy either. We're all trying to work this thing out, Amen. Just because somebody might come in the church and you might visibly see something that's going on on the outside, you're just good at hiding yours on the inside. Am I talking to the right people today? So now let's get to this infamous couple in the book of Acts because this is what I've been trying to get to. And so this couple, um, they felt the consequences of faking church, right? And so a lot of times, saints of God, 
people would try to look like what other Christians are doing so that they can get the same blessing that those Christians are getting. So let me see if I can tie this together here. So we already read the scriptures where there were people selling their property and they were taking the proceeds of that property and they were giving it to the apostles, right? They were written about in the word of God. But here, these, these two people, they conspired together. They said, we're going to sell this property, but instead of giving them all of the money, we're going to keep back some of it. So in other words, we're not going to give them exactly what God told us to give them. How will they know? Right? So in other words, saints of God, they, oh, can, I, can I give you another, look, write this down, write this down, write this, this is a good one. You cannot get a whole result with half the commitment. Uh-huh. See, they wanted a whole result, but only half the commitment. See, God says this, Jesus says this, you are either for me or you are against me. You can't be a little for God. Jesus didn't halfway die on the cross. He gave up the ghost. He died completely. And in order for you to reap the benefits of his death, you have to die completely. You can't get a whole result with half the commitment. Listen, if you say you're going to do something in the church, do it to the fullest or don't do it at all. Hello, because you can't get a whole result with half the commitment. If they hire you to do a job, go in. Don't just do the job they hired you to do. Go beyond what you're doing. Make yourself promotable so that they can give you a rate. Am I talking to the right people in here? But don't come up in here and say, Pastor, I need you to pray. When you half go to work, you go late. You're not doing the job that they hired you to do, but everybody on this job is after me. Ain't nobody after you. No, you're just mad because they see you faking. And when you should be working, you're on the phone. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, did I come to the right church? No, go in there and do that job. Listen, listen, it's corporate America. Don't worry about it. They, they, they got devils everywhere. Don't even worry about it. And listen, listen, I'm not saying that you get your sense of who you are from your job. You don't. You get your value from God. I don't get my value from a job. Because sometimes they ain't going to recognize the good job that you're doing. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Listen, I trained a young man who took the position that I was supposed to have. And the office. Hello. Been there. Somebody in here. Been there. Done that, got the T-shirt, the bracelet, and the bumper sticker. We got it. <laughs> Hello, somebody, right? We've been there and done that, right? But listen, this is what God did. God showed me this. The job was never mine in the first place because he gave me a better job, and then later on, the company closed. See, I could have got the good position and then been out of a job. See, sometimes, saints of God, when God says no, he might be protecting you from something. So don't get mad at God. Just know that God can see your beginning and your end. And sometimes he has to say no because he sees something you don't see yet. 
No, don't get mad at God because sometimes he says yes and sometimes he says no. But everything in the Lord is yes and amen. Now, don't say yes and amen if you don't like his no's. Yes, amen. All right, somebody got that, amen. So listen, listen, you want a whole result, make sure you give a whole commitment level. Are you here? So listen, what these, this couple really wanted, they wanted the praise without paying the price. See, I, I, sometimes I get people, uh, when I, especially when I go out of town and I'm preaching, and uh, people who don't know me very well, they, they'll come up to me and say, uh, uh, Pastor, man, I, I just want to flow in the anointing like you flowed in today. And I, I laugh. I laugh. I said, oh, you do? <laughs> I said, okay. I said, you want it? Ooh, I just, I want to operate in that kind of anointing. I said, okay, all right, come here, come here, come here. Let me, let me lay hands on you. I said, this is what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that you get your car repossessed. I'm going to pray that you lose your house. I'm going to pray that you get cancer in your body. Wait a minute, Pastor, what are you talking about? I said, because that's what I had to go through. So if I had to go through it to get it, you do too. So come here, come here, let me pray cancer on you. <laughs> no, wait a minute, Pastor. Maybe I got to rethink. Maybe you do. The anointing is not cheap. The anointing costs. Hello, somebody. All the hell that you're going through, it costs. But God is filling you with his anointing. Let me tell you, you're not going through all that hell just to be going through it. God is perfecting you. I'm talking to somebody up in here today. God is perfecting you, and he knows what you can handle, or he wouldn't put you with it in the first place. See, you're ready to give up, and God says, don't give up. You got to press in, because the closest you get to your miracle, the harder it's going to be. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, I'm not giving up. No, don't give up. Don't slap somebody high five and say, don't give up. Tell them not to give up, not to give up, not to give up. Tell them not to give up. Don't give up. Please don't give up. Don't give up, boo-boo. They wanted passion without going through the pain. They wanted the preeminence without pre-examination. No, you got to be examined in your heart. If you're not operating in some purity and some holiness, the anointing is not going to attach itself to you. It's not cheap. But it's worth it. It is so worth it. When, when you know that you can go into a place and you know when you're getting ready to pray for somebody, you know God is getting ready to respond. You know it. Why? Because you're tight with him. See, I'm tight with him like that. See, I'm tight with him. Somebody say, I'm tight with him. See, see, you can't get tight with God unless you spend some time with him. Come on, somebody. See, I'm tight with Elaine. I wish she was here this morning. I'm, me and that girl, we tight. You know, she can see it on live. She probably watching it right now, Mobile. I'm, you, you, girl, we tight. And so, listen, listen, we tight. And listen, you know how we got tight? We spend time together. And not just a little time. We spend quality time together. Not just a couple of hours. Not just when we want to get together. No, we spend quality time together because we are intimate together, see? And you can't have intimacy unless you intimate. Uh, come on, somebody. And so intimacy, break the word down. Let's say it a little slower. Into me. See? And see, when you get close to somebody that you're intimate with, then they can see into you. Into me. See? I want you to see into me because I'm transparent because we have into me. See? See, that's why you don't get intimate with people who don't know who you are. Come on. Say that. 
And let me talk to the ladies for a second right here, right here, right here. Listen, ladies, you, you, you are anointed. Why do you give up the most precious anointing that you have on your whole body to somebody who don't want to respect you to put a ring on it? That's the most holy place that you have on your whole body. But you give it up for nothing? What do you got to show for it? Oh, he loves me, but what does he do for you? What does that brother bring to the table? That brother is not taking care of his mama. He's living with his mama. Well, you know, I'm, I had to move back home so I can take care of Mom's Duke. So, no, bro, Mom's Duke is playing for you. You got a job? Uh, well, you know, I'm uh, in between jobs. How long you been in between jobs? Oh, about 10 years. Wait, huh? Wait a minute. You've you been in between jobs for 10 years? What, 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 you, what, you, what you been doing? What's your skill set? PlayStation. Why y'all getting me all off course here? <laughs> Amen. See, see, <laughs> see, we go through all of this fakery, but it's time for us to stop faking in the church. We just got to be real. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. And, and listen, when you are in relationships, when you when you're dating, I don't know why I'm just hitting the single people right now, because because it's, it's important that, listen, you can see right through stuff. Right. So listen, don't allow what you think you might have with a person to distort. What's reality? All right. So, so, so listen, don't allow those pretty teeth. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, shoot, he got some pretty teeth. He got pretty hair. He just look like a tall glass of water, right? Don't allow all of that to distort what's reality. Because that tall glass of water, when you start drinking, it might be nothing but some nasty, stinking old well water. Come on. What would you say? What, what, what kind of water is it? Flint, Michigan. Flint, oh, my God. Flint, Michigan water. That might be some bad water. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> that might be some pretty bad water. All right. All right. Write this down. We mold our faces to fit our masks rather than destroying our masks because they do not fit our faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing about masks, saints of God, this, this, is, this is important. The one thing about a mask, it hides everything behind it. So the mask conceals the pain, the disappointment, the setbacks, the challenges, the depression. So here's the deal. Here, here's what happens with people sometimes. Because the enemy is a master at deception. And the, the worst deception or the greatest deception is self-deception. So when you wear a mask, you're deceiving yourself. You want people to see it, but you won't reveal it. But because you're deceiving yourself, you get mad when people don't see. But you're not showing it to them because you're wearing a mask. Come on, somebody. You're wearing a mask. 
The mask conceals everything behind it. And especially if you are hurting and somebody says, how you doing? And you say, you know, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I know that, but how you doing? Right? Haven't you, okay, haven't you ever been with a person and, you know, they throw that Christianese at you first? Right? And and so you you, you saw them walking because they was walking like, you know, you know they were troubled by something, right? You go, hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, man, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Yep, he is. How you doing? Oh, bro, you know how it is. God is, you know, God, God, I, he's got me. He's got me. How you doing? Well, you know, uh, God is good. <laughs> yeah, I know he is all the time. How you doing? Well, Pastor, y'all, you just don't know everything. You just see, see, see. And that's why. Because you get into the core of what was going on, but sometimes you had to dig behind the mask. So here, here, here is my thought to you today. What are you using to cover up? This message in this whole series. I told you when I first started that God was going to start peeling us back like an onion. That the whole deliverance is not going to come in one message. That the more and more you listen to it, the more and more he'll begin to reveal things and he'll start peeling things off of you. Because there are some things that we're hiding behind and it's hurting us, but we don't want to talk about it. See, so many different things in our past can cause us to hide. Because we've been hurt, we've been violated, we've been mistreated, uh, unappreciated. I think pretty much everybody in here can probably relate to some of those words, right? And if you don't watch it, you will begin to define your whole life based on somebody that somebody did to you or what somebody said to you who didn't love you in the first place. And the reason I can talk about stuff like this is because I'm a living witness. Hello, somebody. So what are you using to camouflage who you really are? It's easy to use scripture to hide behind who you really are. The reason I know that is because I used it a lot. When I was really hurting on the inside, I just wanted to use the scriptures to keep people off of my tip. I don't want to tell nobody what I'm really going through, right? And you know the biggest thing I had to get delivered from? Pride. Because pride was telling me, oh, you don't need to tell anybody. Nobody else would understand. You know they just want to get in your business, right? So that's what pride will tell you. You know what else pride will tell you? You know you're the only one going through this. Nobody else will understand. You know you're the only one. You know you're the only one got this issue, right? Why? Because pride will try to isolate you. And when you get isolated, you get insulated. And if you allow the devil to insulate you, we can't even get through to you. Who am I talking to this morning? I didn't even get to my points, but I'm going to stop right here. Right? When God wants to deal with you, then we got to get out of the way and let God deal with you. 
because he's been dealing with me this whole message. This whole message. There was no way I should not told that girl, you know, all, all your womanhood is out. But I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for her, but I should have told her, right? And so actually I got convicted after I got in my car. And I said, you know what, boy? Your behind should have went and told that girl. Amen? Amen. So listen, I get convicted all the time. I, I can't just... I can't just make decisions and then all of a sudden I go on about my little business. The Holy Ghost, it's like that brother got me on speed dial. I'm not lying. I, I, you know, it's something I should have done and I didn't do it. He's on my tip like early. He's like, you know, you should have done that. Oh, what? No, I ain't. No. Yes, you should have. No. Yes. Yes, I should have. Right? The problems of the world today is that people are no longer ashamed of doing wrong. When you are no longer ashamed of doing wrong, then there's no more conviction. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a powerful statement right there, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm going to let you muse on that one all week long, all week long. When you're no longer ashamed of doing wrong, there's no more conviction. That's what's going on with society today. They're not ashamed of acting a fool. Amen. And when you're not ashamed of acting a fool, you keep acting a fool. The, brothers, uh, the prophet said, y'all going to make me lose control up in here. Y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here. Going to make me act a fool. Y'all didn't know that was a prophecy. <laughs> Somebody say up in here. But listen, you're gonna if you act a fool out here, the Holy Ghost is gonna act a fool in here. Why? Because he's gonna act a fool to convict the fools. Amen. Who was this message for today, by the way? Who's, who's been hiding behind some things? Now, you don't need to raise your hands. It's just, just think about it. Just close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes for a second. I just want you to think about your life. Think about some of the things you've been doing. Just everybody. Just everybody just, just close your eyes for a minute. I know sometimes when you close your eyes, you don't like what you see, but that's all right. Close them anyway. Close them anyway. That's why you're in church today. This is cause for introspection, and that's good. We need to think about our lives, amen? Because we want to be right for God. We don't want to be posing and faking. Come on, all that pretending and that disguising ourselves and masking ourselves over and masquerading as something that we're not. Come on, saints of God. We, we just got to be real. Can we just be the real, authentic, real deal? Amen? Can we be the real McCoy in church? If we pray for somebody, let's, let's pray for real. Keep people on your heart. Pray for them for real. If God convicts you to pray for somebody, stop what you're doing and do it for real. Listen, you, you make a promise to yourself, say, I'm going to read the Bible. Read the Bible for real. Don't talk your way out of not doing what God has called you to do. You make a commitment to pray. Keep that commitment. You make a commitment to say, hey, look, I'm going to reach out to a certain person once a week. Keep that commitment and reach out to them. 
So what, what is this all about? This is all about keeping your word. That's what this is. If you borrow something from somebody, pay them back. Don't just sit there and say, well, you know, uh, I, I just don't have it. Well, get it. And pay them back. Keep your commitments, people. You cannot get a whole result with half commitment. Who am I talking to? You Come on, somebody. Keep your commitments. If you say you're going to go somewhere and you're going to complete something, keep your commitments. Hello, somebody. If, you, if somebody asks you to do something and you can't do it, tell them you cannot do it. Amen? I had to learn that the hard way because I always want to go and talk to people and counsel people and da-da-da-da-da. There's only so much time in the day. And I have learned to say, I can't come. I'm sorry. And instead of saying, I'll be there, and then I'm, I'm overly committed. And then I let that person down. Who am I talking to today? Somebody in here. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.